Hello and welcome to another episode of Fools Daily. I am still joined by Conrad pretending to be Matt. Hello. Spooner pretending to be Matt. Well, I'm not pretending I am. No, you're Spooner. Oh, all right then. And the real Matt. Hello. <laughs> and we are continuing our look at the Guardians list of 20 awesome board games. Um, so last episode we finished up on 16, which was Heroes Wanted, which we all got excited about and then had our hopes cruelly dashed. Yeah. But the next one, at number 15, Whoa. I bet we've all played. It's the daddy. Oh, I've never played it. Get out. Really? really? No, I have played it. <laughs> <laughs> so number 15, we have Warhammer Quest. Oh. It's quite good, Warhammer Quest. Oh, yes. Bit of a classic. <laughs> yes. Um, certainly my favourite dungeon... Cr- still my favourite dungeon crawler. Yeah. Um, after 20 years, because it came out in 95. When was the last time you played it? Warhammer Quest. Yeah. Since we moved here, because I played it with the family, so... Oh, you've played... oh yeah, because I lent- gave you one of the my figures, didn't I, remember? You did. I haven't played it since it was probably released or around about that time. Do you think the impact of these games, and I appreciate it's out of print, but you know, you, you've now got kind of more sophisticated games. Like I'm thinking kind of Zombie Side and things like. That. Do you think? Do you think it still holds that spot? Yes. Yeah. No. I re- I I do because there are so many other dungeon crawler games come out that copy its mechanics. Yeah. Um, we've been playing um, Shadows of Brimstone. Flying Frog Games Shadows of Brimstone. Yeah, that's got, you can clearly see some design influence. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same. The games that Mantic produced, that Jake Thornton... J- uh, Dungeon Saga. Yeah. It's, you know, it, the, it's, the roots are in Warhammer Quest. Yeah. You know, the roots aren't in Descent, they're in Warhammer Quest. No. And... Um, I think that I think I, I really do think that Warhammer Quest is a classic does, game. Does this have the same sort of cult status in the US? I wonder because you know in the UK a lot of us grew up or, or came up through the GW system, picked this up from the store, had all the expansions in the store and all the hype, loved the world. I, I wonder if they you know being more exposed because of the model they use out there with the local game shop, whether that's the same case. I don't. That's a good question. I don't. I don't really know. Um, but you know, it still has a massive following online. There is. Mm. There are plenty of people that are producing fan-made supplements and you know fan-made tile sets and things for it. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. If you if you go hunt, if you go hunting or if you go hunting around, then you can find people who've made you know whole new realms that hook in together with the cards to insert into your deck so you can generate the tiles and everything. Yeah, and a awesome um, iOS slash digital implementation as well. Yes, and I think that that's helped rebuild it. And I think you only need to look at the prices of the, it goes for on eBay. Yeah. Uh, you know, it still holds its price well, doesn't it? it does. I think, there's an, an, I think there was an, unmatched, an unpunched set on eBay... Um, that had a buy it now of three hundred quid. I'm really surprised they haven't done a black box sort of yeah you know, space I, thing for this. 
it's one of the things that I just don't understand why they haven't. They did. Yeah. Uh, there was rumours of it, wasn't there? You know, that, well, you've seen rumours of it quite often over the years. Yeah, but they did the um, assassination assassin game, didn't they this year? Mm. Yeah, tanked as far as I can tell. What the hell? Um, oh, so tanked that I don't even know what it is. <laughs> Warhammer Quest box game with extras. It's got the White Dwarf extra treasure event cards. It's all put. This one's all punched, and all the things are. Based up and stuff. Um, buy it now, price of £190. That's some Wonga. Um, yeah. Uh, Warhammer Quest Games Workshop, very rare, complete with extras, starting bid 180 Um Lair of the Orc Lords expansion complete, £129.99. Jeez. <laughs> that makes GW's inflation price look normal. Um, but then you come down, you see, because I don't know. You see, I don't know why. Because there's another one, Warhammer Quest board game, very rare, great condition plus extras. Um, it's got a load of the extra treasure cards and stuff from White Dwarf, and it's only got one bid on it of a hundred pounds. Now, a hundred pounds is still a shed load of money to spend on it, but you get an absolute ton of stuff in Warhammer mm. Quest. I mean, it's easily comparable to, you know, current big box games, yeah. which go for what, 80, 85? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the quality of the room components and the tiles and the figures was really, really good. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great game and it has a, an awesome campaign system, um, you know, with the, and again, you can see in um, Shadows of Brimstone, uh, it, Shadows of Brimstone has a, you go to the town and you level up and you go around and improve just in the same way that Warhammer Quest does. And it may be that there was things before Warhammer Quest yeah, that had that sort of mechanic. D&D used to do. Yeah, yeah, but D&D was a, D&D was a role-playing yeah. game, wasn't it? But it, 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 it took that idea and, and made it yeah. more accessible sort of I mean, thing. It, yeah. Yeah. D&D in its, its most simple form, you know, it obviously came out of Chainmail, is just a... Yeah, yeah. You know, a kind of formalised wargaming thing. And I think that, going back to that earlier question about the US, I think a lot of people started with Redbox D&D, didn't they? That's how they yeah. did, that, did that side of things. But yeah, but, there, was blue, no, there was Blue Book D&D before Red red Box stuff, wasn't there? God, yeah. I'm going into an Ahovis advert. <laughs> going back original. That's what I started with. I started with Red Book. That's like second edition, wasn't it? And then, and then went well, which is the first Warhammer I played as well. And then I went and played uh, Advanced Dungeons Dragons, the original hardbacks. Well, which I wish I still had. When you're, frankly, when you've had a chance to have a look through your your fifth edition stuff, maybe we should have a chat about fifth edition as well. I I have bought the starter box set. Mm, I bought the player's handbook, but anyway. <laughs> I, I, it's on my. That's when we get round to the 2016 resolutions. Doing some Dungeon Dragons role play is going to be my top resolution. I think. I look forward to hearing uh, Spoons's this time round. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rubbish, says mm. Spoons. No more right. new systems. <laughs> we recorded. We recorded an episode. With, this is complete digression. We recorded an episode with Conrad and his, um, and they make spoons look like spoons has been successful. Rubbish! I did loads of painting. My, my marking was harsh. Anyway, so, what does board game geek say, Matt? 
Oh, right, yes. Terribly sorry, I dozed off during your whole, I played Blue Book, you know. 7.4 out of 10, which is only uh, um, based on 70, just over 1,700 ratings, which is probably about the um, the rarity of it, I guess, because, as you say, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's, tw- it's 20 years old. I mean, it hasn't been published for, probably for... 17 years yeah and similarly at the bottom where you normally get the little ebay prices um they're all obviously u.s prices ranging from 350 dollars to 715 dollars um but yeah i mean i agree i think it was great because it was kind of almost a crossover for those that couldn't quite get their head around dungeons and dragons rpg with nothing um, it took all the best bits of that and put it onto a table for people to play. Um, and I think it just made that RPG element accessible um, with, you know, a proper back, you know, a proper box full of goodies behind it, as opposed to things like going back to my youth, Tunnels and Trolls, the little A5 kind of foldy printed thing, which was a great little dungeon crawler. But again, very much an RPG light, if you will. Yeah. Uh, this had everything you needed in the box, um, which will always do well. Yeah, cool. So we'll move on to the next one, which is a game I have seen being played, but I haven't actually played it. Um, and I think, did we not have, I think we've had a review on the show. Oh yeah, I think Jimmy did it, didn't it? Or was it Jim? No, was it not Tim? It has been reviewed on the show, though, I believe. Yes, yeah. I think so. Which is Firefly the game. I have played this one. Um, and it's kind of, if you can wind your mind back to the discussion of Merchant of Venus, not entirely dissimilar to that in terms of its mechanics. Mm. So uh, it, it really embraces kind of the, the Firefly TV show. You know, you get a ship, get a crew, keep flying. Um, and you kind of wander around the verse, picking up different jobs and trying to fill them. And that can be anything from cargo, but it also has a mechanics for kind of pulling off uh, capers and escapades. <laughs> so, you know, you have to have a certain amount of bluffing or, you know, you need some, some strong guys to be able to um, you know, roll over a, a train or a bank and things like that, and you mm. pick up money. It has a load of different um, scenarios. I think it had an initially difficult launch because some of the scenarios they put in as short scenarios, and in inverted commas, took about three hours. But they've sorted <laughs> that out with uh, online support and some different options loads of expansions available for this game now um it, it's pretty good fun to be honest yeah if you're into firefly go for it it just sounded like when you said that the online support for the three hour um scenarios was like counseling it is just to kind of recover <laughs> it's kind of they've, they've seen the twilight imperium um recovery steps and they've just toned it down from there um, so, um episode 85 okay. traverse the verse there we are uh, which came out on the 29th of May t- in 2014. There you go. So if you want to h- hear some more about Firefly... Mm. Judging from go. the picture on The Guardian, you need a massive table. Massive. Yeah, my uh, my table, which is, I think, about six foot by three foot, uh-huh, we're talking ba- barely fits here. <laughs> sizes of tables now, are we? Yeah. I'll go and measure mine. Yeah. Definitely a big play space required. Lots of decks of cards and things like that. Mm. If you are the type of gamers who do not like tokens and sorting out decks of cards, mentioning no names, Mr. Marshall, Mr. Spooner, you might stick away from this one. 
Well, on a serious note, the space that you would appear to need could make it a problem for kind of non tabletop gamery type people because your average big dining table is only five by three. Yeah. Um, you can do a few things to cut it down. Like I've, I've bought some business card holders so you can see all those decks of cards they've got there and you can just mm. stack them all up in a smaller space. But you're absolutely right. You, you need to think about how you're going to, especially if you stick some of the expansions in there, you need to think about yeah. the place space required. Well, you could buy some uh, nice card stacking thingies from bendy boards and things. Yeah, I was going to say, mm. if, if there was only some sort of company that could make some sort of fold-out board that could sit on something and take up some more space uh, and let you play on top of that, I'd does anyone know of a company that does that? Can't think of any off the top of my head. Oh, don't start. Battery will spaz out if you get him trying to build something new. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, at number 13, we have a game that has a brilliant title and just looks scary in the picture. <laughs> okay, before we do that, 7.43 out of 10 for Farfly, by the way. Matt, okay. Matt, what's what does Board Game Geek say? <laughs> 4,000 ratings, 7.43 out of 10. But it has a massive geek following Firefly, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, um, this is, so at number 13, we have Euphoria. So this is... Build this a looked, Betten Dystopia. This looked interesting uh, to me as well. This was the other game that I kind of like the look of. So... Mm. I've not played this one, but it has a really strong following, and I've heard good things. So the, th- the theme is that you're in a dystopian uh, future, and you are trying to create an efficient and happy workforce. Now, sometimes that workforce becomes unhappy, and perhaps you have to provide encouragement. Maybe that's in the form of, of uh, unrequested bathing in, in the middle of work, or, or perhaps <laughs> electroshock therapy. It, it doesn't matter, as long as the workers keep going. Um, the mechanics of Euro, you know, placing uh, your workers and getting the most efficiency. It's got a really funny theme of sort of this uh, kind of cruel dictators that you, you play as you force your poor workers to do more work and you can play all sorts of cards to inject them with drugs or lobotomize them or whatever it happens to do so that they keep working and don't rebel against you. Sounds cool. Do you know um, customers who bought this item also bought Parks and Re- Recreation Season 5 DVD? Yeah. They did, yeah. but they also bought they also bought Terra Mystica. Yeah. So getting out on that heavier end of Euro games, if that means anything to you, gents. Yeah. So thirty five pounds from Amazon. I've heard nothing but good things by the people that play it. it was mm. kickstarted by the looks of things as well. Yeah. Is it Stonemaier Games? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, average playing time sixty minutes, so not overly really? long. Yeah. That's, not overly long. Two, it, six it looks players. as though it's a complicated game. Just, yeah, just, that... that's probably judging by the bloke who looks like Sasha Baron <laughs> He looks quite in, uh, enthralled. <laughs> by it all. Mm. Sorry, Matt. What does board games, game, game, game geeks say? Game, game say. <laughs> yeah, all of those people. Seven point four four, and that's three and a half thousand ratings. So that's not a bad rating, in fairness, for something that's relatively new. Came out twenty thirteen. Um. I like the sound of it. It has it's, hints of yeah. paranoia in the background, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm going to buy this, I think. It looks as though it's it's, it's fun as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh, you're right, it was kick-started. Um, 4,700 4, backers. Yeah. 
it's interesting. You see a lot more. You kind of think of the Kickstarters for for war games, and you haven't seen necessarily. I don't think you've seen a really successful Kickstarter wholly driven war game that's kind of come to the scene. But that that's not mm. so much the case with board games. They do, yeah, I mean, you look at things. I mean, obviously, this. You look at things like Zombie Side. Yeah, yeah, massive smash um, hits that have just. And and then that have kept going, but I think you're right. I don't think you have seen a. I suppose the <laughs> the closest sadly to it might be something like Kings of War, but that was mm. already before. And... I was going to I was going to say Guild Ball. Yeah, Guild... mm. time will tell. But, yeah, but but I, I mean, I suppose that was very. It's still very early for that. Yeah. Um, okay, at number twelve. Ignore the Guardian article. It's absolutely to be associated with the video game. It's it's the board game of the video game. Yeah. So, most recently published by Fantasy Flight Games. Um, it's a massive empire kind of dude on the map control game. Uh, you know, you build up your civilization. You you take it through the ages. You can win by a variety of of um, victory conditions. So that's you know military, economic. Uh, cultural or technology um, quite a long running time um, in terms of I've having only play played it. I've only played it once I think and I seem to remember it was an all day yeah game. definitely an all day yeah you can't so save it, to it and come back to it uh, well I guess you could take a photo <laughs> or you could just leave it set up and walk away you'd need a big table for that though yeah <laughs> um I must. I, I must admit, I'm not a big fan of the computer games. Uh, I don't really like them, and I, I, I didn't really like this either. Yeah, I love the computer games. Um, I guess I would probably just play the computer game if I wanted to play this. And mm. there are other, you know, similar style of games that have a better theme that appeal to me, like fantasy or or science fiction or whatever yeah. mm. that I would probably go for over this. And Matt, what the, does board the, game geek geek geek? Well, I was just before that. I was just going to say, committing a whole day to a board game these days. Yeah, that's kind of a bit old school. If you think back to like kind of original things like Axis and Allies, and you know, going back through the old Avalon Hill titles, Kingmaker. Yeah, I mean that's that's we've seemed to have gone away from that. We like our snappy hour to two hour games. However. 7.53 out of 10 based on five and a half that or just over five and a half thousand ratings so you know it is it's old school but it's got a big fan base but definitely kind of one from yesteryear a bit i think in in style but particularly that that duration i mean yeah. how many times you're going to pick up a ball game and say right we need to commit six hours to this guys yeah okay so next at number 11 and the last one for well, yes, the last one for this show. <laughs> it's all right, Conrad. There, there'd be more. There'd be more. <laughs> all right. I was wondering if he'd got a disease because it is pandemic contagion. Yeah. Oh, that was a good segue. That oh, was. look at that. Do I see? For pro, for pro. I have got a disease though. <laughs> um, so, pandemic is a really great series published by Z-Man Games it kind of launched uh, in that and a game called Shadows Over Camelot launched the cooperative style of game 
into the board game mass and, and kind of got it picked up. There were ones before, but these were some of the ones that made it really popular. Since then, it's obviously, like all things now, been spun off. There are two games currently spun off from it and a third coming. So there is Pandemic Contagion, which is this one about. And this one looks at the success of... Um, the iOS game that where you played the virus and you tried to wipe everybody out, and that's what this game does. You're you're trying to evolve mm. your virus to be as deadly as possible. Um, so, quite good fun. I've not played this particular one myself. Um, I have played the other two and can, can recommend them both uh, quite very highly. Um, Pandemic. You play a bunch of scientists racing across the the world trying to um you know solve all of the the world the four diseases that are ravaging it and um it's, it's a really great game i've seen it very popular with people who don't play board games you know it's, it's a great gateway mm. game it's great with people um who especially avoid games because of the competitive nature of them so you know i've seen a lot of partners or kids get into them because they you can all play together against the game so really great uh, board game uh, introduction and then they've also done the cure which um we got recently and that's um is that a game of, where you have to wear lipstick and sing and while kind of slightly out of tune yeah it's sort of yeah my, talk about why monday you're in love and you know that, mm. that thing and, and why uh, boys don't cry that's it mm. record excellent uh excellent soundtracks for excellent movies like the crow fantastic the, film fantastic film yeah people are definitely on the money for that Ledgerwood, you're done now <laughs> <laughs> i can't like you can't have the Matrix without the Crow. It's, you look at the style. And well, you, think, no, you can. No, you wouldn't. Have. <laughs> anyway, the Cure, pandemic. The Cure is a <laughs> favourite guest. <laughs> I, I, we're going to have Matt on more often. I'm just. We're definitely. Is the Cure on this list? It's not, but I, I'd recommend looking at the, both those games over Contagion. All three are great. You, you won't go wrong picking up with some. Pa- the original pa- Pandemic, I absolutely love. I think it's a brilliant game. Um, simple, very enjoyable. Simple, fun, and yeah. uh, it's elegant as well, I think, in that simplicity. And the co-op, the co-op play element of it, I think, is re- as as the other Matt said, is really important because it is, and I know, I know it's why Mike and the family like to play Zombicide, because they all play together against yeah. the AI. I've yeah. never played it at the co-op. I've played it at Morrison's. So. Oh, right. Okay. Well, they, they get a bit more. You know, they push you around a little bit more, don't they? They're not quite as... Uh... Strike me more as a little man. Yeah. Um... Oh! Oh! <laughs> um, the Cure is dice-based. So if you like King of Tokyo and you want to put a bit of King of Tokyo into your cooperative, that's what the Cure is. It's really good. Um and for the oh, nerds of you okay. keeping your eye on it, Pandemic Legacy is, is due for release at Essen. And that adds um, probably something you've never spoke about, but the, the risk legacy mechanic. So each game you play, you have stickers which you take out and stick into the, your rule book or stick onto the diseases or whatever the case might be. And you evolve the game. So you play it all with the same group mm. over, over again, but you change the rules and the setup every time you play. So it. it essentially goes on uh, I think it's 12 linked games creates a campaign system for board games Blimey. that sounds pretty cool if you're looking for that and you want a war game Risk Legacy solves a lot of the problems with Risk and has that functionality as well um, does it mean you can actually invade Russia then um, 
Yeah, that's a it's a whole different show to talk about Risk Legacy because it's it's quite in depth, but it's it's super interesting. I haven't pl- I haven't played Risk in many years, ever since Esther beat me at it, well, having on her fir- very first game, and the cards deserted me completely. They went with her. She smashed me off the board, and I may have had a bit of a table flip moment. <laughs> <laughs> And since then, we have never, ever, ever played Risk. Were the words, uh, this is rubbish, potentially? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I know that it was, I mean, it was a long time ago. It was before we were married, so. Before eBay. Um, yeah, I was, I've never played Risk since then. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. All right. So that's it, and that's it for this show. No, it's not. Oh, no, pandemic no, no, no. contagion yeah. rate six point six two. Oh, that's a low rating. That's nine hundred and seventy-two ratings. Just what to give board it some game say, Matt? To give it some context, pandemic the original rated seven point six six. How many ratings on that? And that's for that's for forty-three and a half thousand. Yeah. <laughs> What's Pandemic what? Cure got? Nine hundred. Um, this is Pandemic Contagion. Yeah. Uh, Nine hundred and seventy-two. Okay. So in short, right. pick up a Pandemic Play- game, but probably not this one. Yeah. yeah. Pick up the original. Yeah. You can't go cool. wrong with it. What does Board Game Geek say, Matt? That's what I've just done. Shut up, you little man. <laughs> <laughs> right. And on that, I've been Mike. I've been Matt. I've been Matt. I too have been Matt. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter. We're at Fools Underbar Daily. Or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com.